0: If I give a fuck what y'all think, y'all think I would be doing this? to the fmfu podcast the podcast is from me for us vulgar but true real and never fake i'm your host ayo reese and i've got a lot of shit on my mind today so let's get into it happy friday people and welcome to an all-new exciting episode of the from me for us podcast stuff The month of May is coming, down and yeah, I know, it's been a while since I've been on here popping my shit. But as always, life hits a nigga so fast that the time gets past I think for the first time in a long time, I can finally sit back and breathe a little bit. Because to be real, May was a motherfucking whirlwind. Where do I even begin? I guess you can say it all started with Cinco de Mayo weekend. So for Cinco de Mayo weekend, I had booked a flight to fly down to Atlanta to get up with a few of my boys that I haven't seen in a very long time. Now when traveling, I'm all about efficiency. You know, I hate rushing around at the last fucking minute. So on Thursday, the day of my departing flight, I had this whole elaborate plan of, you know, getting out of work, heading home to get my bags, catching Uber to the train station, then head straight to the airport and it'd all be gravy. Plenty of time, no rush, just how I like it. So I called the Uber, I get in an Uber, we on our way to the airport. And while I'm in this Uber, I get a notification that my flight had been pushed back two fucking hours. <laughs> Now, it sucked, you know, because I just looked at my phone and if I would have noticed earlier, I probably would have waited at least, you know, another 45 minutes to an hour before calling my Uber, of course. But at this point, I'm already in there. So I'm like, you know what? Whatever. I'm on my way. You know, when I get to the airport, I'll grab a drink or two, watch a show, do that to kill some time. So I get to the airport. I get through security clearance around maybe like five ish. The timing was impeccable because my flight was originally supposed to leave at six. So I always feel good when the plan comes together. But the fucked up part is that, you know, remember my flight got pushed back two hours to eight o'clock. So on my mind, I'm already thinking, damn, I have to sit here for three hours before I can leave. But you know what? Like I said, whatever, get a drink, watch a show. We'll just deal with it. So after like 10 minutes of thinking this to myself, I get another fucking alert that says my departure was pushed back another hour. 20 minutes after that, I get another alert that says my departure was pushed back 30 minutes. About an hour later, You guessed it, another alert that says 40 minutes. Then finally, up, 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 one more alert for 30 minutes. So for those keeping notes and tallying up all the time at home, at this point, my flight that was originally scheduled to depart at six o'clock was now scheduled for 10, 20 fucking PM. (laughs) So I'm sitting at the terminal and I'm so damn vexed. I can barely see fucking straight because I have never been in the airport for no five fucking hours. What made these delays even worse and what continued my frustration was that the airline, they didn't even have a reason on why our plane was so late arriving in to take us out. I was also frustrated because I could have originally booked a flight that was scheduled to leave at 9.56pm from the jump and still been in my comfort of my crib before coming to the airport and been sitting here all this time. So thinking of all this and not wanting to just be pissed off and in the dark, I had to do some digging and find this damn plane. So I use this flight tracker app, and I start tracking the plane that's supposed to come in to take us out, and apparently this plane is still delayed in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It looks, you know, to be because of possible thunderstorms or bad weather or something. Digging deeper, the same plane had also gotten hit with a three-hour delay departing Puerto Rico. So of course, that created a trickle delay effect into Florida, which then was affecting me. Goddamn reconciled. So the scheduled time for the plane to depart was showing like 9.14. So I'm like, whoa, 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 nine fourteen. I'm thinking like, like how the fuck we scheduled to depart at ten twenty when the departure time for this plane in Florida that's supposed to be coming from there to pick us up is like an hour before our scheduled departure. Like that plane in Florida won't make it here in no fucking hour. Like they're gonna fuck around, wait until the last minute, and they're gonna cancel this goddamn flight. So during all the plane tracking and everything I was doing. I also started tracking the inbound plane that was scheduled to outbound for that 956 flight to see where that was coming from. This plane was coming from Nashville and that shit was delayed as well. But I told myself as soon as I see that this plane has departed Nashville and is en route to me, I'm going to try and switch to that 956 flight since the plane will be here sooner. So at this time, you know, a couple minutes go by, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, however, it's around 630. That inbound plane departs Nashville, so the clock started ticking for me to switch my flight. So I'm like, "Oh shit, here we go." So I hop in the help desk line. You know, I, I call, I call up. Uh, it's JetBlue. I call JetBlue. I get on the phone with them. So then, mind you, this line's packed like shit because everybody's in line. They're pissed as fuck, or they all concerned on how they're gonna get where they wanna go, and everybody's been hit with all these damn delays. So I'm in line, not really moving, but I finally get through on the phone. So you know, I explain the situation to Shorty. Shorty changes the flight for free. And even though this second flight that was at 9.56, it was technically delayed as well until 11. But the main thing was that I was at least able to get on and get the hell out of town without trying to catch a ride back home and then have to come back up to the airport and then try to leave in the morning. And oh yeah, that six o'clock original flight I booked, that shit did in fact get canceled at like 1 a.m. So if I didn't make the moves I made, I would have been sitting in the airport until 1 a.m. and told to go home and I really would have felt like a fucking dumbass. But you know, Always got to look at the positives. At least I made it down. I got to my Airbnb kind of late, but that's okay. I made it. And I received three separate emails for some very much deserved travel credit. So at the end of the day, I guess you could say the headache was worth it all, huh? But besides my travel woes, heading to Atlanta was a much needed trip. And it was just a change of scenery, which is always a great breath of fresh air. And a break from the normal, you know, busy everyday life. When I tell you that weekend itself wasn't relaxing at all it wasn't relaxing at all because I was just like that cat on that meme that has stated when it's Cinco de Trace and you're already Cinco de fucked up. That was me from Trace to Cinco moving on though, you know, following the Cinco de Mayo travel woes and drunkenness over the weekend, um, going more into May, you know, mother's day weekend followed. Um, you know, so I had to get gifts and send stuff out for that and try to make that nice for some of the people in my life. Um, also, on top of that, I had had family coming in town. So I had to get my house situated and keep it situated before they arrived, since they were coming to come see the new house and everything. And then crossing into that was my youngin'. She had her fourth birthday, uh, also a birthday party on the weekend with a dance recital all on the same damn Saturday. And then Memorial Day weekend was a little more laxed as I was able to check out um, Will Smith as a genie in Aladdin. And I must say, for a live action adaptation, Aladdin was freaking awesome. Like from the small subtle changes, you know, to make things feel more realistic in the fantasy land to still banging out those classic hits we all know from when the animated movie dropped back in 92, Arabian Nights, I loved it and didn't have too many complaints at all. Exhausting life comes at you fast shit, right? So hopefully that we're finally in the month of June. Hopefully I can breathe a little bit and us who live in the Northeast can finally get some consistently good weather since sooner than later, it'll officially be summer, summer, summer time. It's the FMFU podcast, bitch. To roll back to Aladdin, I must say, I'm glad it wasn't trash and it wasn't one of those movies that, you know, the movies are shows that play off people's hypes only to be a major letdown in the end. This happens way too often as there are very talented storytellers that sometimes stumble across the finish line. As a person who creates content, I know that it's not always about what exactly happens at the end of the journey, but more so how it happens or how it is delivered. Even a rap song, regardless of lyrics, won't sound as good if you substituted the artist. Jay-Z couldn't do a Young Thug song, point blank. So in the case of Aladdin, We knew how it would end, but we wanted to see how it would be pulled off creatively in a live action rendition. In Avengers Endgame, we all knew that they were going to take down Thanos and some of our favorite heroes that got turned to dust were going to come back. But what made people salivate over the movie and so anxious to see it was that we wanted to see how they were going to pull it off. What was going to be the journey to get us to the point which marks an ending of a culmination of a 22 movie arc? In some stories, a good painted story can overshadow a bad ending. This isn't always the case, and I don't think nothing can be as much of a disappointment as the way a certain series disappointed me with their ending over three weeks ago. Unless you've been under the rock, and this has probably been covered everywhere on social media and everything else, but I gotta put my two cents in. I think about 99% of the people who watched the series finale of Game of Thrones were more than disappointed. <laughs> now, the meanings and where they wanted to go with the final episode i'm gonna be honest with something i had no problem with i didn't have no issue with it at all um i'm not gonna get too much and talk about it. it's it been talked about so much but i ain't had no problem with the, really how they did things the ending wasn't my problem my issue was how they got to that point like i'm not gonna poo poo on the whole series because it's still a top series that had a lot of wow moments but they fucked that ending up dog like everything felt rushed and regarding john snow his storyline conclusion was really rushed in the six minimal ass last episode like think about this soon as he kissed that crazy bitch Daenerys, i knew he was gonna poke her in the belly like was i the only one who knew it was gonna happen this way after they started kissing like i'm not a super movie junkie but i mean if you watch a good number of movies then you've seen this act before it happened before in pirates of the caribbean dead man's chest you know part two The one where we first got introduced to that Squidward face looking motherfucker, David Jones. Towards the end of the movie, when Jack Sparrow came back to save everyone on the ship, the Black Pearl, Elizabeth kissed Jack only to trick him and chain him to his ship so he would get eaten by Davy Jones' monster, the Kraken, and dragged down to Davy Jones' locker. Game of Thrones basically used the same model for John kissing Daenerys. Deception by love. And in the words of that nigga Majestic from Get Rich or Die Trying, show no love. Love will get you killed. Although Game of Thrones had a predictable setup and a finale that was so bad that Kit Harrington checked into rehab for stress and alcohol, the rushing and bad pacing of Game of Thrones season eight is like the rushing and poor storytelling of the Justice League in the live action DC universe. Everybody knows that as far as popularity goes, Batman is one of the top two superheroes in the whole world. So of course, anytime something comes out about Batman, the general public, they get very excited. But it seems to me that DC continues to not have a fucking clue and continues to push the bullet in the wound even harder and burn us with the barrel of the smoking gun. (laughs) It's been confirmed by Warner Brothers that Robert Pattinson, AKA Edward Cullen from Twilight, or Cedric Diggory from Harry Potter, AKA the nigga who got murked by Lord Voldemort when the Dark Lord returned, has been cast as Bruce Wayne and Batman in Matt Reeves' upcoming 2021 movie, The Batman. <laughs> now, I'm not a casting director, nor am I any type of professional when it comes to these things, but I am a viewer, and in my initial was a- my initial reaction was, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and in my what the fucking thought, I wasn't alone because before it was even confirmed, there was already a petition out that they didn't want him to play Batman. Like what? <laughs> white people, the most petitionist people I have ever seen. Like, did you know there was already a petition out for the MCU to bring back Iron Man? Like, there's already 16,000 signatures with the goal of 25,000. And one of the guys wrote online. He wrote some shit like this. One of the guys wrote online. He said, "He has helped so many people in the MCU and in our world. He has helped people to live, including me, to overcome their problems, to accept themselves, to face life. He's so important." he saved our lives and it's our turn to save him we love him so much we love him three thousand. without him now we are totally lost for many people he was the reason to live and hold on in life like <laughs> what come on man shit is fucking crazy like these motherfuckers these crazy motherfuckers petition and protest anything except the wrongdoing of black and brown people i swear to god but anyways So with the petition out for him to not play Bruce Wayne in regards to Robert Pattinson and the Batman, or Matt Reeves 2021 movie, The Batman, we know the initial thought was pretty much similar to mine. We're just looking at it like, you know, the vampire nigga playing Batman. That's that isn't good. Like one petitioner made a comment that said, like, don't make the Batfleck mistake again. And that's referring to Ben Affleck being casted as that bipolar Batman in those two disgusting films prior. I personally don't like the lo- the news I've been hearing about this movie for a couple reasons. Well, one, you know, the reports, they're saying that they wanted Batman younger, you know, compared to an older version like Affleck was. Now, that's fine because I wasn't really too big of a fan of old Batman anyway. I want Batman in his prime. But the problem when they say that they want a younger Batman is that the rumors that they want to explore his roots. Which means they basically want to start it off as a Batman Begins type story, which means we might be put in a position where we're going to hear the same fucking story again. Oh, my parents were shot and killed in the alley, even though we're rich and not sure why we're walking in the dark alley in the first place. Oh, I don't know how to deal with these issues. Oh, I need to run off. Oh, I'm going to be the Batman. Same shit again one thing that marvel got right when incorporating spider-man into the mcu was when kevin feige said that they were not gonna do the whole uncle ben got killed and this is how i become spider-man thing in a film because we've been down that road twice already and everybody knows exactly what happened so why do it again it makes absolute sense right like marvel studios just fucking gets it and based on the early reviews of dark phoenix i haven't seen it haven't heard any Viewers' opinions, but this is just from the critics, and sometimes they're a little too tough. Based on the reviews, I'm glad that fucking X Men are going back to the MCU so they can do that shit right in about five years or so. I mean, I'm gonna be real like, I fucked with all the X Men movies, but that shit ain't been the same since Days of Future Past and Logan because Apocalypse was a huge disappointment. And who the fuck wants Mystique as a main character? Like, I don't give a fuck if Jennifer Lawrence plays her or not she should not be a main character just terrible fox just terrible but anyways back to dc's fucking ass my second issue with this batman casting i guess it's a bad thing because i don't want to really minimize anyone's talents but i think it's hard not to see people in new roles when they're primarily known for other roles like it's a human characteristic like once you secure that big budget main role for the most part like that's who you are like robert downey jr is iron man hugh jackman is wolverine hell chris hemsworth is so much of thor that in the men in black international trailers they have out they have a thor hammer reference where he throws a little hammer at the dude when he's fighting like i think it's fucking cool but it's just like you know you you guys were all perfectly casted and you just you'll forever be known as iron man wolverine and thor that's just it so you're having this Edward Cullen, motherfucker, as the new Batman, it's just gonna make me think it's a vampire wearing a Batman costume that he got from fucking San Diego Comic Con and he's only the dark knight because he can't go out in the sun or he's gonna fucking burn. Like, this isn't disappointing because it's like I've said before, like, I want DC to win. Like, this ain't no beef. I don't care. I don't get nothing for saying, oh, yeah, I fuck with Marvel more. But I do want DC to win because I got some dope ass characters. Like, I've said this before when they announced their slew of movies and it was like oh we got all these plans and you know everybody was like oh we're about to get to dc connected universe it's like marvel like i was super fucking excited i was excited when i wanted to go see batman versus superman like i was hype you know but the execution it's just been nothing but subpar best and it just seems like they keep fucking up one of the biggest blows not even just counting this batman shit was them losing out on their superman because to me Henry Cavill, he was like the perfect fucking Superman, and he was even so much fed up with that bullshit that he was just like, screaming ass, I'm going home, but I guess the one positive thing was that, you know, people, you know, somebody said this, you know, people were up in arms when, when Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker in The Dark Knight, and you know, he knocked it out the park ridiculously, so I could be surprised, but at the same time, Heath wasn't really known for any major roles like that either i'm not going to talk about no broke back mountain shit because i don't really consider that a major role but you know the joker is the role that put him you know in the pinnacle and then that's probably more so what he would be known as and at the same time he wears a lot of makeup too so if you see him in other roles it's just it's easy to differentiate him from the joker if he r.i.p was able to Play more roles and he didn't unfortunately pass away. So it's not the same as Thor and everything else. But, anyways, you know, I'll just be surprised if it happens that way. I don't think it's going to happen like how it happened with Heath Ledger. And I just think, you know what? It's just going to be a vampire running around Gotham in a motherfucking Batman suit. Amateurs. I always call the NBA playoffs the most wonderful time of the year. The weather is getting nicer outside. At the start, there are multiple games on every day. There's always all kinds of storylines that make it interesting. The NBA truly knows drama, but the NBA playoffs are different this year because in the finals, we're missing a team who has been there the past four years, which is my hometown team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's better because you always want your team and your city to be great and go as far as they can, ultimately winning the chip if they can. But this year has been a total 360 for plenty of obvious reasons. On the other hand, it's super sweet because I don't have to be stressed out. And not able to sleep at night, like for the first couple weeks of June. Like, I don't know about y'all, like, I, I, that shit used to be fucking stressful. I'm not gonna lie. I'd be having dreams about that shit. Like, it, it fucking sucked. So, that's one of the super sweet things about it. I can just go fuck to fuck the bed and not worry about whatever happens. But since the Cavs aren't playing in the finals this year, that left the East wide open. And this year, representing the East in the NBA Finals, of course, is the Toronto Raptors, and it's the first time in history of the franchise. Like, I'll admit, I thought Milwaukee was gonna make it instead of Toronto. Like, I, you know, Toronto. I guess what they you could say they did is, is they always they say take whoever has the best player, especially when they're not loading like loaded like a Golden State team or something like that. And honestly, I guess I should be ashamed of myself because I know I was telling everybody two years ago that I felt Kawhi was up next. And I think just with, you know, Milwaukee having the best record and everything and Giannis doing his thing and probably about to win the MVP, I think I just got caught up on the Giannis hype train. But they shut that nigga down. So, you know, being that Toronto has made it and, you know, that I'm from and I've always lived somewhere which would be considered the Eastern Conference, like I'm rooting for history to be made like why not uh, we've seen it one time in 2016 why not see it again three years later if it can't be my team right Like that's the only reason i wasn't too upset when the indians lost to the cubs in the world series because it was like history and if i had to lose any team i'd rather it be them so will it be history in the six i'm not gonna lie i wouldn't bet my house on it but them niggas do have a good shot and the only people i think who can really fuck that up is them so we shall see but i will say this though niggas was making shit all about drake and shit all i gotta say is that nigga drake need to just keep doing what he do like nigga you a fan that's your hometown and not even just that you're a fan in your hometown but you're not even just the quote-unquote called ambassador you're actually a partner with the team because you got your logos on their jerseys you got the motherfucking training center y'all got a deal together i mean you're pretty much like one of the closest things to outside of being an owner in my opinion so you know what why all out because if it was me i know i would and i wouldn't give a fuck what anybody had to say about it so that's just that so that was the east so in the west you know we got golden state warriors who represent the west again and i have to say this i openly told everybody on ig that i was a boston celtics hater like just at least for the year because i had all them cocksuckers talking all that shit to me when you know the Cavs was making a run and you know especially at last year when niggas talking that shit oh you're gonna be mad on the plane and oh y'all niggas gonna lose tomorrow and blah, blah 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 and all this other shit so i had to pop my shit when they got up out of there and gentlemen swept like i just i just had to so i think that's another reason why i was rooting for, rooting for milwaukee too they shut them niggas up so i was like yeah shut everybody up so Regardless of how I personally feel or anything, like, I always stick to the facts when it comes to stuff. And even though, yes, I'm not a Warriors fan or I'm like, oh, yeah, I want them niggas to win. Like, I respect the team doing historical things or making historical runs. Regardless of the run, though, it kind of piggies back off to what I was saying earlier about how I felt Kawhi was up next as the best player in the league after LeBron instead of KD. And I think it was because, you know, not even necessarily because he's carrying the team to the first finals in history and going against the greatest backcourt ever. But I think if the Warriors do win this shit, it would just further prove my point. Like, because KD is probably potentially going to cruise to a ring while he's sitting on the goddamn couch. So how are you really that much better than anybody? Or like, have you really proven it that you've really done anything? Not really. So that's what happens if, you know, they win without him. Just shows that they don't need the nigga. But if they lose without him, I feel like, honestly, that'll actually elevate him and kind of keep him in his best player combo, to be real. And I don't even think that he's close to my man's. Like, he's younger and he can shoot a little better, but I think that would keep him in the combo. And that's just what it is. Even though I'm not the biggest fan, that's just the truth. But in regards to the team, and even though it's been a historical run and they have all this success, My issue with this team and why I always say I think that they're sometimes a little bit of a fraudulent dynasty is that this is one of the most protected pass getting teams like I've ever seen. Like other teams and players don't get, you know, none of the fucking passes they get, especially like on these sports shows. Like so if you really break down like everything that's been going on in this run, you know, 2015, they won. Got to give credit where credit due. They won. That's how the history is going to write it. But let's be real, we know they won because of injuries. Let's just keep it a buck. Like, that's just the facts. You know, Then 2016 comes, they make the finals, and the only reason they made that is because nigga KD choked the shit away in the Western Conference Finals. And I personally, I'm going to be real, I think that shit was staged. I hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but think about it. This They was recruiting this nigga as early as the Super Bowl. When KD was on the sideline taking pics with his big camera and shit, and Steph was out there banging the drum for the Carolina Panthers before they got thrashed by the Denver Broncos. Like, they was all out there like, what's up, nigga? Come fuck with us. Like, you don't think that nigga was thinking like, yeah, fuck this team. I'm done with y'all niggas. I'm ready to go. (laughs) 2017, that was a legit win because, I mean, they basically swept the playoffs. And I think because it was so crazy and nobody's ever seen a team like this, nobody knew what to do with KD, and he pretty much made them unbeatable. And then we know last year in 2018, Houston blew that chance to go to the finals by going 0 for 27 from the three and their starting point guard who actually contributed last year compared to this year and Chris Paul was injured. I know team sports takes talent and a little luck, but these cats are the luckiest cats in the history of the league. And if we aren't going to acknowledge that, then I don't want to hear any comments about Ray Allen saving careers or Kyrie saving careers or any other shit like that. Also, I got to say this too. Because it's real fucking annoying, and this is regarding all you "quote unquote" fans of the Warriors. Unless you're from the Bay Area, the Northern california area, or you've been fucking with these niggas when Stephen Jackson, Baron Davis, the, the 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 We Believe team, whatever fuck it was, i knocked off the Mavericks, niggas. Even, unless you was fucking with them niggas before that, I don't respect any of y'all motherfucking opinions about basketball. If you are a, as of 2015 Golden State fan. All your motherfuckers swear y'all diehard Golden State fans Only because they just started winning But you live in fucking Ohio Or you, you know, you from New York And you want to say, oh, I'm from New York We run shit, we lit But you a Golden State fan Your opinion doesn't matter If New York's so lit and that's where you from You got two motherfucking teams to choose from Either the up-and-coming Nets Who had a, a small chance in the playoffs against the Sixers And they might be landing Kyrie or the sitting on a hope and a prayer knicks who has a terrible owner (laughs) choose one but after you know golden state won the finals last year this shit was hilarious and i had to (laughs) it was fucking funny because you know of course i'm like a little upset because i'm like god damn we got beat again so i'm on facebook or whatever and then somebody like makes a fucking status and they're just like oh hey golden state just won why is there no confetti being thrown? Mind you, the last fucking game was played in Cleveland, so I fucking shared the pit the fucking post, and I was like, "Yeah, this is an example of a fake fan. They don't even know why the confetti isn't being thrown right now when the last game they just won, which was Game Four, was in Cleveland. That's why the fucking confetti ain't being thrown, you dumbass." And then when I called them out, they're gonna try to say they used to be a Spurs fan till 2014, and now they're a Golden State fan. Oh, why is that? Because the Spurs won in 2014 and then Golden State took off and won the last three or four? Hell, yeah, you a real fan. I be wanna knock y'all dumbasses down like Ruiz did Joshua on Saturday. <laughs> y'all keep up crazy with boxing, yo, but how the fuck this nigga Anthony Joshua let Andy Ruiz tag his ass like that? Like, I had the body shame, but this dude Ruiz really out here is shaped like a whole tonka truck. He look like one of them cats on the old school, like, what was it, Mike Tyson punch out not even video games. Like, you know, niggas who like fat as hell, but like they pack all that fucking power. And they like one of the final bosses you got to face like to beat the game and shit. Like Ruiz watching this shit. He made me just want to go get a fucking California burrito with a side of tequila. Because real talk, if a big nigga knocking niggas in their equilibrium like that, then ain't nobody going to fat shame his ass. Ruiz is like the real life fat Thor, Mexican style. Deontay Wilder would have killed Joshua if they fought, man. To this day! Last week, a major announcement was made about the upcoming Call of Duty, which will be simply titled Modern Warfare. Anybody who is a Call of Duty fan probably agrees that the Modern Warfare series, which is made by Infinity Ward, is probably the best versions of Call of Duty. The news is exciting because, for one, there's no DLC. So all the multiplayer maps would be included in the game, which is huge. DLC has been one of my biggest gripes about the video games in the new millennium. Like when games first took off in the nineties, hell, even if you, the eighties, technically, if you want to count the Nintendo and shit, everything was included in the game. If there was more to be found, it would be hidden away as a secret in-game unlock. Nowadays, the video game market does no fan service because you got to pay for the game. And if you're buying the DLC, Pretty much adding everything up is paying close to $120 per video game. So let's take Call of Duty for example. If you want all the multiplayer maps, you're going to normally pay an additional $50 for a season pass to download them or you can pay $15 a piece individually. The problem with the map packs are that some of the maps that get released are re-releases from other Call of Duty games just re-images newer levels. This works sometimes if you loved a certain map but in a way it's kind of bullshit because you're essentially paying 50 additional dollars on top of a 60 dollar game for some of the same shit fighting games ain't no different any other games you can think of they're like that too so like i fuck with dragon ball z everybody know that so uh, dragon ball fighters is one of the dopest fucking fighting games so because i was so into it when i first came out i bought the season pass so season one is what they call the first season pass it says you're going to get another additional eight fighters or if you bought them separately it'd be five dollars a piece so why not just pay the 25 to get the eight fighters right it's mathematics so you know you pay 25 dollars additional after you buy the game you get eight more characters okay then the following year which is this year they drop season two so after season two drops They ask you to pay another $25 to get more characters, but this time it's only up to six characters. Like what the fuck? Like DLC is just a way to make money. And it's also one way kids rack up their parents' credit card bills by buying hella skins on Fortnite. But my point with all this, all DLC can be incorporated into the main game if they want to. So for Infinity War to incorporate every multiplayer map with no DLC is pretty fucking sweet. Another announcement about the game is that when Modern Warfare releases this fall, it's gonna support cross-play. That means it's legit. Like time to like light some cockbox niggas up. Like da-da-da-da-da. like it's time to light them niggas up. Like them niggas always over there talking about how they so good, but they always fail to realize that most of the niggas gaming hard this year are on the P4 console niggas on either xbox or ps4 should be worried though because while we over here going back and forth talking shit beefing with each other the pc niggas gonna come through and wipe everybody the fuck out but the servers are going to be so ridiculous man that i probably you know it'll probably be a while before i try crossplay, you know unless i know somebody who wants an xbox and they want that lagging game work early so but you know with all the cross play playstation still having a boatload of exclusives and Cuphead finally making its way to the Nintendo Switch. I'm still trying to find a reason why anybody would want to buy an Xbox One. Oh, yeah, that's right, Halo, which is like four years old now and collecting lots of dust. Meh. Thank you for listening to the FMFU podcast, the podcast that's from me and for us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, like, and comment, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Also, make sure you get at me on my social media pages. I have a Facebook page, which you can search for, search for from me for us, or you can leave it in a status at FMFU underscore podcast. Also get at me on Twitter and Instagram at the same ad names. That's at FMFU underscore podcast. Remember people always keep it a buck. Always keep it a thousand and perception is everything. I hope you have a nice day. Still fuck y'all.